please, whatever you do, please just don't hurt my mom. I can't make you understand how real this felt to me. I'm, I'm helping you, man. I'm giving you all I can. I'll you either believe me when I tell you that it was the realest thing that never happened to me, or you don't. What does it take to get a more in-depth look into the week's top local news story? The Debrief brings you inside for a one-on-one -on -one conversation with our reporter right here, right now. The Debrief. Welcome into The Debrief. I'm Adam Cooperstein, and this edition of our podcast is extremely unique because the focus is actually a horrifying story that happened to one of our own. News for is Adam Harding was the victim of what's being called virtual kidnapping. And it is as bad as it sounds. It's basically a new high-tech yet simple scam that really preys on people's emotions and vulnerabilities. And we're really thankful that Adam, not only is he willing to share what happened to him and how he got duped to prevent others from getting scammed themselves, but we're also thankful he recorded almost the entire thing. Alone in my apartment, kneeling at my window, staring at the sky. That's what I remember most about that morning. Which started with a phone call, chilling screams, and a man who made me think he was holding my mom hostage. I hit record on my other phone. Please, whatever you do, please just don't hurt my mom. I will do anything you want. A a all my money you can have. I'm, I'm helping you, man. I'm giving you all I can. I'll give you anything you want, man. I will give you more than 500. I don't care what it takes. The man wanted ransom money sent now. No mistakes. That's why I told you, yeah, that's why I told you to take it back on Venmo. Yeah, I did. I did. Please, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just nervous. I've, I, I, I don't, I don't, I've never used this before. It's so hard listening to that conversation now, especially knowing that it was all a scam. What really got me was the caller ID. Whoever made the call spoofed my mom's phone number, faked it. The caller ID said, Mom, I thought I was talking to her. I thought she was in danger. Of course, I know now that wasn't the case. But I made so many mistakes on the call that it's really mind-boggling to me. And that's what this is. This is an attempt to understand why I did what I did. And if I can learn that, hopefully you can learn how not to be a victim yourself. They are going to rush you. You're going to feel rushed. You're going to feel pressured. They are playing on your emotions. NYPD Captain Tariq Shepard says these money demand scams use similar tactics. But the guy who got me added a twist. Mom's number is coming through. Immediately, that's one where, you know, it's, it's hard to resist. Is my mom okay, man? Yeah, 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 your mom fine. She'll calm down a whole lot. My mom's the most important person in, the li in my, my life, man. You know, and I can't live without her. So please, I will give you all, everything I have just to make sure that she's okay, man. They activated your identity as a son and weaponized that against you. Jay Van Bavel is a psychologist at NYU. They want to prey on my heightened emotions and pounce then, right? Yeah, they want to trigger an emotional state in you that kind of narrows your focus onto that one issue and doesn't allow you to kind of step back and look for red flags or other issues that might be there. I hear crying in the background, man. Is everything okay? Everything okay. You just panic a little panic. Okay, okay. Let's, let's just, everybody keep a calm head about this. No sense in making this anything that doesn't have to be, okay? The man who said he used meth told me not to call police, and I listened. 
Then I followed his orders to send money, all different amounts, in every way possible. How much money do you want me to send? I'm clicking the Apple Pay. I'm going to Venmo right now. Was it $1,000? Is that what you wanted? Ain't nobody around you can call the police. No, I swear to God, I'm by myself. How is it possible that I didn't even for one second say, this doesn't seem right? This is tricky. This is social engineering that's taking place. Dr. Marty DeLima is one of the country's leading experts on fraud psychology. What she heard in the call was textbook. Not only were you in distress, but you were also really distracted. You were actually cognitively tasked the whole time you were on the phone with them, trying to do and follow these transactions. And so your, even the thinking part of your brain was busy throughout this whole time. They keep you under what we call cognitive load. So you're really busy, you're focused on this thing, it's complex, you don't have a time to kind of step back again and look at the situation. Whatever you do, whatever you do, please, 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 whatever you do, it's coming through to you right now. It says, uh, they just withdrew the $500 from my bank. It says it went through, but, 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 but please. All right, I believe you. I'm listening. I really wish I could tell you that's how bad it got me forking over a few thousand dollars then realizing it was all a scam. But no, whoever made the call to me had one more trick up his sleeve. And this one really blindsided me. Hey, you know, yeah. I got a quick question. Yeah, anything, anything. No, 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 no! Our call dropped because of bad cell service. Come on. Less than a minute later, the man called back with the ID, making it look like my dad's phone. Hello? How the scammers got all of our phone numbers is still a mystery, but experts say this much is clear. I'm concerned that because it was so targeted, because they, yeah, they had the voice, they, they, they came in hard, um, that this kind of scam will, will start taking off and start harming a lot of other people. The FBI calls what happened to me virtual kidnapping, and the Bureau has been sounding the alarm across the country, with the elderly being the primary victims. Over the past three years, elder victims in New York have lost $55 million. That number has doubled over that time period. And what we're also seeing in terms of the pandemic is that victimization has surged. I believe that there's a scam out there for each and every one of us. No matter what phone scam someone may be running on you, there are ways to protect yourself. You slow it down, you ask uh, the right questions. Demand to speak with your loved one. Dig for details about where the caller is. Ask questions only your family member would know the answers to. And when you see the resistance to you slowing it down, that starts to be the indicator that, wait, there's a, maybe a scam going on here. The best advice, of course, is calling your loved one on another phone, or in my case, not making this unbelievable mistake. Hold on, hold on. I'm getting another call from my mom. Okay, I'm, okay, okay, okay. I'm just going to hit decline, so I, I just don't want to hang up on you. That's right. More than an hour after it started, my mom tried to call just to say hi. By then, I'd already sent thousands of dollars through apps, even a bank wire transfer. Minutes later, the scammer was done. Bro, you've, been, you've been real good to me, so I'm going to take what I got as a blessing and I'm going to leave now. 
Thank you, man. Thank you, please. And we never have to talk about this again. A few minutes after the guy hung up the phone on me, I called my mom, frantic of course, and she picked up and said, hi, how are you? And that's all I needed to hear. I knew at that exact moment that I had been duped. My mom was fine, thankfully. I've gone to the New York Police Department. This is considered grand larceny extortion. It's still under investigation. As for the money, and there was a lot of it, I have so far only gotten back a small percentage. I'm Adam Harding, News 4, New York. I'm emotionally shook experiencing that, and it didn't even happen to me. So, Adam, thank you for your willingness to share your story, because I do think it can help other people avoid a similar scam like that. Um, but I want to start with what it was like to put your pride aside and be able to be brave enough to speak about this for the greater good of the public. Well, I appreciate you having me on, and I'm happy to talk about it. I'll talk about it to anyone that's willing to listen, and it's been like that since uh, the day after it happened. I've been telling friends and family about it, which I found very cathartic, and I told our news director, Amy Morris, who's been the best thing that has ever happened to me in this situation. Um, she's been incredibly supportive, and I went to her and I said, I think there's a story here. Uh, because I consider myself a, a smart guy, um, and I've heard about a number of scams, and I still fell victim so quickly. And uh, I said, I think I'm willing to put myself out there. If 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 one person walks away from watching that and picks up some tools to keep themselves from falling victim, it's worth it to me to put myself out there. And as you saw, uh, I'm I'm putting everything out there. I'm not leaving anything on the table. And it was, I will admit, difficult to do. Uh, I've never done a story like this before. Uh, and I hope never to have to do a story like this again. But it was very cathartic to speak to police and the FBI and the psychologists and really unravel what has been playing over and over in my head for the last few weeks. And I will tell you, when I saw the first cut of the piece, I was torn up. I was emotional. It was difficult for me, maybe harder than I thought it would be to relive some of those moments. Some of those moments I didn't even remember. Um, but I'm more than happy to put myself out there if it can help even just one person. And that was sort of the idea for this story. I think it speaks to how dangerous this is to people because virtual kidnapping happened to a sharp young reporter like yourself. And we heard in your story that the real, the, the, a lot of the people who get targeted by this are seniors who are even more vulnerable. Right. And, you know, I, I've been wrestling with for a couple of weeks about, you know, I've read or reported on so many of these scams before, right? So, you know, the IRS, we're going to throw you in jail or the Nigerian prince email scams, or you hear about all of these, these similar types of kidnapping stories that tend to target the elderly. And, and for them being on a fixed income, that can just be not only heartbreaking, but financially devastating. We've heard people who have lost their entire life savings. In fact, I was talking with the FBI and they told me that in the last three years in New York alone, elder, the elder generation has lost $55 million 
to these types of scams. And, and that number has, has grown exponentially in recent years. And then you factor in COVID where so many people are at home, um, you know, th- the numbers are just on the rise. And, you know, I'm fortunate in that I lost a lot, but I'm still, I'm, I'm okay. And, and again, happy to speak about, to speak about that, but to other people, you know, they might not be as lucky. And uh, so that's when you, that's when you really start to think about how, how bad this could have been and how bad it is for a number of people, which, which I just really think adds to me wanting to kind of be, be an advocate for some of those people out there or speak to the horrors and the trauma that come with this because police told me that a lot of victims, and there's really no way to quantify it, but a lot of victims feel embarrassment that, that they somehow got duped and that there's this misconception that, you know, you're, you're not educated if you fall dupe or you're not tech savvy if you fall victim to something like this. And, you know, the FBI says that that's really not the case at all. Um, and you shouldn't feel embarrassed. And so, uh, you know, in me coming forward, I'm hoping maybe a few other people who did not talk about it or didn't bring awareness to it are a little bit more willing to speak to sort of the horrors out there so we can warn the public because me saying something now isn't going to stop it from happening again today, tomorrow, the next day. But the more people are aware of it, hopefully, you know, people will have enough tools in their belt to fight back a little bit. Adam, the part of the scam that maybe preyed on your emotions the most is not recorded by your other cell phone. It was the beginning when you thought you heard your mom's voice. Tell us about that part. Right. So I was just waking up. Um, I had worked the late shift the night before. I tend to go to bed pretty late. And I was waking up uh, maybe a little bit later in the morning than I'd like to admit. Um, So I was still laying in bed. And I got a phone call from my mom. And I picked up the phone and I said, hi, mom, what's going on? How are you? And I heard her or who I thought was was my mom uh, crying uncontrollably on the phone, just just sobbing uncontrollably. And I sat up in bed and I said, mom, mom, what's going on? What's wrong? You know, what happened? Tell me. And before she could even answer, a guy grabs the phone and says, you need listen, listen to me right now. You need to do everything that I say or this won't end well. Uh, He mentioned to me that he just got out of jail. He talked about being on uh, methamphetamines. uh, And he he kept saying, I don't want to hurt anyone, but you just have to do what I say. And it it, it was thrown at me so fast. And it was the caller ID that said, mom, and I, I had no reason to think that it wasn't her. And I thought I had talked to her and that was her crying. And, and now I'm playing in my head, okay, somebody's in, in the house and, and somebody's right next to her. And now somebody's on her phone. And so I, my head's racing a thousand different ways. My mind is going a gazillion different ways. And I sat up and I said, what, what, who, what, what? I didn't even know where to begin. I, I, I was thinking faster than I was speaking. And that's when I, I, I jumped up. He said, don't call the police, don't, you know, no police involved. And, and so I was terrified to call 911. So the, the, the next thing I thought to do was, well, let me record this because I need to at least have some type of uh, trail or evidence of, of what exactly happened here. So that's when I grabbed my second phone. So about, you know, maybe the first 30 seconds to a minute of the phone call, which was probably the scariest. Um, 
you know, thinking back to the whole situation, that first 30 seconds when, you know, you're, you're in a position where, you, okay, you think it's a loved one calling, and then somebody grabs the phone from them. And then you're just sort of given this whole tale about what's going on. And, and you don't, your mind is just firing a, a thousand different ways. And you can't think straight. I couldn't even, I couldn't even see straight. I, I was like walking in circles in my apartment as, as I was trying to think what to do. So that's when the recording starts is about 30 seconds to a minute after I got the call. Now that you've been able to talk to experts for tips on what to do in this situation, when you relive it, what do you wish you could have asked or done at the time? I, I honestly did not give a lot of pushback. And so what experts recommend you do, and it was in the piece, which is to slow things down and ask questions that only your loved one would know, or even ask to speak to a loved one. Or, you know, also calling police. Or if I had that second phone, maybe if I had waited 30 seconds to a minute to call or to record, I could have used the phone to have called my mom on a second phone line to see if she picked up. Things like that, that's what I struggled with in the weeks that followed because I'm thinking, why didn't I do this? And why didn't I do that? And and why didn't I think to do this? And the answer that I've come up with, and I don't know if it's a satisfactory answer, but the answer that I've come up with is, I can't make you understand how real this felt to me. You either believe me when I tell you that it was the realest thing that never happened to me, or you don't. And in that moment, I was not thinking clearly. And in speaking with these psychologists, they talk about this um, cognitive distraction where these scammers, they intentionally overwhelm you with information quickly. They don't give you time to react to anything. They ask you to give me, they ask them to give them money over Apple Pay and Venmo and PayPal and Cash App and the bank and the transfers and all that. And they're throwing apps that I don't even have at me, that they're making me download. And they're, they're doing this cognitive distraction where I'm so focused on the task at hand and trying to get them that money or download this app. Most of these I've never even used before. Um, and in doing so, they're sort of derailing my train of thought, which was already hazy to begin with. So that was sort of how they you know, snaked their way to get to what they wanted. And so that was really eye-opening for me. And I'll tell you, there was a lead researcher out of Minnesota who listened to the entire phone call, which, by the way, I will not listen to the phone call. Um, she said to me, having listened to the call, one thing that struck her was I was unintentionally or intentionally um, breaking up the silence in the call with my willingness to continue to give them more. And I was not pushing back any. So between the distraction, the concern, the paranoia, and the fear in the moment, uh, you know, they were able to quite literally, it was as if I had marionette strings on me, walk me through, download this app, do this, hit this button, sign up for this. And it was, I, I didn't even think to do these things that now knowing, um, which is called hindsight bias, I wish I had done. You can tell they had done this before. It was clear from listening to that that they had done it before. Is there any chance from authorities that they're going to be able to track people like this down? Well, you know, they, it is under investigation, obviously. Um, I do know in speaking with uh, 
a detective working the case. Uh, it sounds like he may have been able to get in touch with one person because there were a number of, of phone numbers that were involved. Send this phone number X number of dollars and this phone number X. Number. So he, he messaged me saying that he was able to, uh, he, he thinks he got in touch with one of them. Um, do, do we hear about a ton of arrests? Oftentimes, no. We don't know if they're U.S. based. We don't. They could be from anywhere. We've heard of we've heard of scams that are coming from jail cells, where people around the world are able to get their hands on cell phones and make calls from a jail cell, and it's all scripted and fake. So, who's to say how how my case will will play out? Um, truthfully, I'm at the stage now where I'm able to just say, okay, I'm ready for this chapter to be closed. Uh, let me just at least share what happened to me and then put it in a box and then never deal with it again. That's sort of where I'm at right now. The, the people do use uh, accounts with Venmo or, or Cash App or Apple. Somebody had to open that account. Does that help at all, tracking down, well, will the apps, uh, these tech companies, will they play along and, and help to try to track that, them down through their accounts? It's tricky. It's tricky because of jurisdictions and uh, again, who the scammer is and trying to track it. I, I have, I've recuperated one. So one payment actually didn't go through and I'm not, I'm not sure why, um, but it was a sizable chunk of money. So I'm not disappointed that it didn't go through. Um, the only other amount that I got back was $600. And that was from a domestic transfer to a different bank um, not the bank that I use, but a completely different bank. And I believe that was traced back to somewhere in the U S and, you know, in talking with police, they told me that a lot of the times, even if they have the, the bank account where it's going, you would think, okay, well, why can't you just go into that bank account, take the money back and then give it back to me. Right. That's what I would have thought. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the times the bank accounts I've been told that you're putting money into, that they're asking you to put money into, that that is also another victim. And they are not at all associated with this. And that might be a bank account that isn't used all that often. And so the scammers have access to that account. So I put it into account A, which is, and this person is also a victim. They go in, take that money out themselves. And then they go on to the next person. And unfortunately, in talking with the FBI, they told me that there are a lot of, I guess we can describe them as warehouses where there are rooms of professional scammers who do this all day, every day, room after room after room after room. And there's just a row of them. And this is what they do for a living. So it's impossible to quantify it between victims feeling embarrassed, between a percentage that we don't really know don't fall victim all the way through. And so, you know, it's just such a complex layered and you have to imagine that whoever these scammers are, they know what they're doing. They know the amounts that maybe won't tip off your bank or won't, you know, raise any eyebrows. So they get just enough here and just enough there. And if 10 people throughout their day fall victim, $500 here, a thousand dollars there, you know, that's, that's, Five ten thousand dollars, just like that. Yeah, numbers, numbers game. game. But most, most importantly, importantly, you and your family are okay. Thank you again for your willingness to share this, to shine a light, and hopefully raise awareness to protect other people from this point moving forward. Adam, we appreciate you being on the debrief. Big thanks to everybody 
who is here for this edition of The Debrief. Big thanks to our production team as well, Melissa Mack, Darren Price, and Ben Berkowitz. And we'll see you right back here on The Debrief next time.